this is The Truest. I'm your host, Jacob Smith. I want to again thank all the backers of this podcast on Indiegogo. It's your support that let this happen. As we move forward in this podcast and I get less connected to the people I'm speaking with, I get to learn more about them. I get to see how they treat a stranger, how someone who walks into your home for the first time can sit down and ask you deep questions about what you believe to be true. That's exactly what happened with my conversation with Alex. I met him and 10 minutes later we were having this conversation. What is the truest thing you know? Yeah, this was a fun. Uh, this was a fun question to ponder a little bit. Where I landed was that the truest thing I know is how terrible people are at appreciating what they have. Uh, and I'll say people generally, although I can really only speak for myself, but um, all my observations support support that statement. Mm-hmm. And so, is, would you include yourself? Absolutely. Okay. Oh yeah, completely. No, and uh, yeah, and I'm I. You know, as I thought about it, I'm, I, I can't. I'm not sure what the evolutionary basis for this is. I feel like uh, there's there's got to be some biological reason that we, um, you know, and maybe it's one of these things, kind of like fight or flight, where it had this this uh, you know, very survival uh, um, kind of basis to it, but now is completely ill-suited for modern society, but. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, uh, I feel that, that it is constantly, uh, the case that we, we, um, take for granted what we have, that it's, uh, it's so hard to truly appreciate, um, uh, everything that we have. So, so that's interesting. It kind of, you're, if I'm hearing you right, you're saying there, it has to come from somewhere. Right. Like this, this sort of, since it's counterintuitive, like there has to be a reason that, that, that we think this way. And you're, you're wondering what the, like, when was, when was this particular, uh, way of looking at what we have helpful for survival of the species? Right. Am I under, basically you're saying it like at some point it had to be, cause that's the only reason it would be right. It would still be around or am I uh, not understanding? I, you I right? just, I, if it seems when you look at it through the lens of modern society, it seems like it's just, um, such a, uh, uh, a a poor trait that we uh, are are constantly looking to improve our 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 situation um, rather than being able to to truly kind of appreciate and be com- content with with what we have. And maybe it is like the fight or flight type. Uh, trait where it's rooted in some prehistoric survival basis but is uh woefully ill-suited for for modern society Mm -hmm. what's interesting you kind of i think you said something there that you know we are trying to acquire more do you feel like that that's that you know that that's that's sort of a symptom of the of not being comfortable that if that that's that's one way you that you look at it that that you even for yourself when you look at other people that you're like they you know that 
this this need, which I completely agree with, is there's kind of this need for for more. Um, is that a symptom of that, or is that uh, is that just a, like how does that relate to it? Or am I not hearing you right about? No, about yeah, I, I think so. I mean, um, there's this, uh, you know, and and again, maybe maybe I I would I would think if I had to to speculate to kind of the 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 basis for um, this tendency in this that you know there probably is um, some some kind of evolutionary benefit to not being complacent um, you know uh, uh, constantly kind of striving to improve one's lot um, and you know maybe that that prevents stagnation um, of an individual or a tribe or, or whatever it is uh, but the 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 kind of uh, you know, really negative side of, of that for modern society is that um, it, it means that um, we uh, we have a really bad tendency to um, to to not be con- to, to not ever be content even when all of our, our basic needs are met and, and you know we really have uh, no real objective reason to to be discontent. Yeah, what what does contentment look like for you? Yeah, I mean, there's there's the kind of the whole uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs thing, and and um, I I think that 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 model makes a lot of sense to me, um, but uh, where I you know I see this this play out on um, yeah there, there's there's different levels of it. I feel like you've got kind of these um, huge um, uh, macro decisions like um, or big macro dimensions like health and loved ones. And, uh, I think we all have examples where, you know, we, um, and there's the cliche of absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? Where we, uh, uh don't really appreciate our, our, our love, our, our significant other or our parents or anything until, um, we spend time apart from them or, you know, in the extreme case where you, you lose a loved one and, um, and that really accentuates all the things, you know, all, all these small memories come flooding back where you, um, that, th- that remind you that, that you didn't, didn't appreciate at the time. Right. Can you think of a, of a time for you recently or even in the past where you have felt content? Like truly, yeah, content? absolutely. I, I don't mean to to say that I, I never feel content, um, uh, but it's it's just it, it has to be a, a pretty conscious effort sometimes, right? And I think, and and that's the um, uh, yeah, you, you, you there's a I feel like there's a huge um, push in society now for tools and resources to assist with that, whether it is meditation and uh and 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 digital detoxes and um mindfulness and gratitude journals and things like this really yeah yeah are are, are, are really valuable um approaches to to solving this issue um so i think for me um yeah i have i do have some some strategies i employ i'm not i admittedly not great on it at it on a day-to-day basis but um where i try to um to, to come back is, is, is maybe periodically on special occasions or, um, 
uh, for uh, particular milestones or something that that make me reflect and 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 appreciate a bit more about uh, you know where I'm at and, and and what I have. Yeah, but can can you think of a specific time that you? I I know for me sometimes that happens where you know I'll just be sitting on the couch with Christina and um, I'll just feel this like. Oh, my life is awesome. No, I mean, uh, I'm sure I I could think of them. And, and I think I can also point to some very kind of mundane examples in life where uh, where, where it does um, kind of all fall into place and you you feel that you've, uh, you really do, it hits you how, how great things are. Um, sometimes it is uh, just maybe triggered by a... Uh, family interaction. I mean, I think kids are, are great at um, reframing life a little bit, giving you a different perspective, uh, making you kind of focus on some of the, the smaller things, you know, with kids, like small milestones um, that that before you had kids would just seem trivial and you couldn't understand why parents were getting so excited about them. Um, afterwards, you totally get it and totally makes this, you know, uh, you know, you want to, you want to like have a parade in the kid's honor. Um, yeah. And, and sometimes it's, it's, uh, um, you know, I'm, I, I love the outdoors. I find that's a, a really good reset for me as well. Sometimes I'll, you know, whether it's, it's being out in the mountains or you're just kind of appreciating, a, a, a perfect sunset that hits you just right. And that, that kind of causes me to maybe, uh, uh, reflect a little bit or, uh, take a deep breath and, uh, and and get above the the noise of day to day life and uh, and actually look around me and and, and uh, take it all in. So. so it sounds like you're saying and experiencing that that feeling of contentment isn't something that that um, is something that takes some letting go to get to. Is that does that sound right to you, or does that not sound right? I actually wouldn't say it as letting go. Um, in my case, it's more of a uh, well. Okay, so maybe you could maybe you could say there's an element of letting go where you have to um, intentionally um, focus away from the the kind of day to day grind that um, will otherwise kind of consume all of your attention and distract you. But and for me, it's I, I don't think of it so much as letting go as much as very uh, consciously and deliberately putting myself in a frame of mind to, to think, to look around and, and think about, um, you know, what truly matters and, uh, you know, why, how, how good things actually are. Um, and it's, it's hard. I think it's like, you know, it's, it's one of these things that, again, you, you don't appreciate until you don't have. And, um, you know, we, you and I, it's hard for us to sit here and, and be thankful that we're that we're not in chronic pain, right? But as soon as uh, you know somebody, you have a toothache, or uh, you have arthritis, or you have the flu, um, all you can think about is, man, you know how great it'll be when you're when you're not in pain again, right? So, um, yeah, I just feel like it's 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 hard to 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 have that frame of mind. I do think that there's good value in in experiencing um, huge highs and lows so that you have that contrast to draw from. Uh, and that I think is, is a helpful tool to, uh, to, to be able to kind of better appreciate where you are because you've, you, you know, 
the alternatives that, that could potentially exist. Uh, but, but even then that fades, right. And you, you kind of go back to a baseline of, uh, where, where everything you have seems, seems like this immutable permanent constant. Uh, and it's, uh, it, it's hard to, to, to really remember that, that it's all this privilege that, 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 um, you're lucky enough to, to have. Is this something that you feel like you've always known or does this feel like something that you've come to after particular experiences at a particular point in your in your life i mean i would i would be able to point to uh a particular experience that i think um that i think laid the foundation for this 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 whole um, philosophy and then uh, and then yeah i think it it has kind of grown from there um for for me so I grew up in the the D.C. area. Uh, my my mom worked for the government, and when I was eleven, we moved to Brazil to uh, work with the U, uh, U.S. Embassy in Brazil. And dropping a an eleven year old into a, a third world country for a couple of years, um, that that to me, I, I vividly remember suddenly having this this flood of patriotism as I realized all of the amazing things that that um, I had been taking for granted uh, in the United States um, and it was everything from like being able to drink the water out of the tap to like I I hated the taste of Brazilian ketchup so very wide spectrum um, but uh, but ultimately you know being with the 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 US, embassy there uh with a a, a pretty um uh tight uh, group of americans uh, amid this uh this, this this country that was very foreign um gave me this huge new appreciation for for um for our country and and that ultimately um kind of set me on the path to ending up in the military uh later in life uh, as a way to to try to to contribute to the benefits that we were enjoying as as americans so you, how long were you in Brazil after you moved there when you were eleven? Uh, two years. Okay, and and it sounded like you know you were were you going. To, was there a school for um for a lot of times in in capitals? There's a school for for like were you going to school with other Americans or other just general foreign diplomats kids or yeah. It was an American school, um, but in Brazil at the time, I, I can't speak to it now, but at the time it was 80% Brazilians um, because it was one of the better schools in the in the city. So. Yeah. And, and, um, so was, the, as you think, as you think back to that, I mean, you know, how much did you, was it that, was that the way that it was? Obviously as an 11 year old, you have fewer choices cause you're, 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 you know, your mom was somewhat dictating how much you could probably engage, but was it, was it a totally insulated community or was there, was so it, I would was, agree that, um, in typically I think on these, these international, um, uh, tours, uh, yeah, you you can you you can have very different experiences depending on how much you want to dive into the the local culture. Um, but yes, your your point is valid that as an eleven year old, um, much more limited in deciding kind of how how much I wanted to ingrain myself in the local culture. So um, yeah, it's it's harder. I, I I look back and I um, you know I wish that I had done things that were maybe a little bit more uh, immersive. But um, but at the same time, I was completely living, um, in the, um, 
you know, we, we lived not on kind of a, a, an embassy compound. We lived in a house out in Brasilia, um, you know, did all of our, our local errands and chores and, and day-to-day activities out in, uh, in, in Brasilia. So I, I got a good appreciation for, for the culture there. And, um, and it's, it's since become a, a really big part of my life to travel and experience that. And that's something I, um, I, I want to, to take away for, for my children as well, that, um, that they, they have a, a, an understanding of how the rest of the world lives and that, uh, you know, we, we are very privileged in, in the society that we, that we live in. Yeah. We talked a little bit about, about travel and I was wondering, you know, is there, is there a place that you've been where you feel like people are more attuned to being um, having gratitude or, or being um, appreciative of what they have? Or is it it's kind of the same everywhere? I can't say that I have direct experience with, with any culture that I think has, has cracked that code per se. Um, there's, uh, I've, I've read about, for instance, Buddhists or, um, uh, certain other, uh, religions that have emphasized that and, and have achieved more of a, maybe a, a peace with their, their lot. Um, and then there's places in Scandinavia that are notorious, uh, for having, huge high social uh, happiness indexes and and we went to to Norway I can't say I I came away with that impression directly everybody seemed happy um, but it was also uh, super expensive so that I remember I remember that dominating a lot of my (laughs) my takeaways Uh, so um, yeah I mean I I do I do fundamentally believe it's it's uh, and this is why I kind of earlier was was remarking about any kind of evolutionary basis for it because I do feel like it's it's ubiquitous across the human race and um, we all have some direct experience with it um, you know it, it's become this um, massive industry now to, to try to solve whether it's with technology or uh, or books or self-help sessions um, we see it cross international borders um, and and it's 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 at the root of of so much um, uh, kind of other unrest and discontent that, um, that that we have this this proclivity to to um, um, always want more and and I think that like I if I as you ask about foreign cultures like the the other thing that um, I'd be remiss not to to acknowledge is that you know if, if we're looking at it, it's um, not fair for me to um, observe in other cultures and, and say that they should be happy with their lot, right? Because there's a, a massive component of this is, is social comparison. And, uh, you know, if you, if uh, I, I, yes, I could be, if I'm a, uh, if I'm a Brazilian, I could be uh, very happy that I have three meals a day and a roof over my head. Um, but I could could easily look to uh, the United States and um, be discontent because I um, don't have potable, potable water out of my my tap or um, right. don't have maybe the same access to health care and things like that. Right. Or the roof over my head is one could room. Be. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Um, so what do you so if it's something that is felt everywhere, um, do you feel like I, I don't know? 
what kind of student of history you are. I'm I'm certainly not. Do you? But in any like, do you feel like it's been for all time too, or is there a point where you feel like people were? I guess what I'm trying to get at is you you kind of talked about in modern society a number of times, and trying to figure out what is it is it getting worse? Are we getting less appreciative of what we have? And maybe we can just think about it from, you know, from our privileged middle class, you know, now West Coast, but, you know, both of us grew up on the East Coast viewpoints. But is it, is it, is it, is it getting better, getting worse? Is it the same? Is there aspects of our culture that, that contribute negatively or positively to it? That's like 14 questions. No, I, I mean, I think it, it, uh, that all goes along with, with what I was saying that there. It is getting worse because, and not that I think that our uh, our bias towards it is is worsening, kind of on a uh, um, on like a biological level, but more just that our society is less and less um, uh, suited for that kind of tendency, um, and and some of it is is you know even exacerbated, I think, by uh, you know, whether it's, um, advertising or social media or, or, uh, other kind of, uh, modern influences that are, are intended to exploit that, that, that kind of tendency, right? Like that, whether it is that social comparison piece where, um, you, you know, you want the, the, the nicer car, you want the, um, you know, nicer clothes. Um, and I think that, that there's, you know, con- all of, uh, a lot of consumerism kind of feeds on that. Um, so I, I think that, yeah, there's, there's a, unfortunately this tendency that, um, that people can find ways to financially benefit from prodding this, uh, this, this bias we have to, um, always want something, something better and not look around and say, you know, actually my closet is really nice. I ha- I like these clothes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, as you, for yourself, you mentioned there's some some things that you do that you that to help you be mindful or appreciative or have gratitude, however you would whatever of those or all of those that 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 makes sense to you. What what are those things that that you find that help you to um to 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 push back against this truth? Sure, my. Uh, so like I mentioned, I, I will completely admit to, um, being pretty poor at this on a day-to-day basis. Um, and there are constant stream of, of distractions that, um, that can, are trying to, to, to tear down your mood. Um, whether it's, you know, there's, there's a never ending list of chores and to do's and decisions to make. And there's always, you know, missed workouts and insufficient sleep. And, um, and so on the day-to-day basis, I mean, some people can, can come over, overcome this on a, on a day-to-day basis. And, and that's not, I think as effective for me, I, I do find though that I, um, really enjoy kind of a very, uh, deliberate reflection. Um, and I usually take advantage of some, special occasion, um, whether that's an anniversary, whether that's somebody's birthday, um, uh, whether there's some other milestone or celebration happening, um, you know, using that to write up, uh, a nice letter, a toast, um, uh, using that to go back through old photos, 
other things that could spark memories, remind me how far we've come, how much we've accomplished, how many, you know, how much we've grown. Um, all of those, I think, are uh, really, really effective for, for me. Um, some of it's about reframing the, the, um, the question a little bit. So there's a, um, so I, I didn't, uh, I mentioned military earlier. I served as a SEAL for, for six, five years. Uh, and I, there's a, there's a part of the SEAL creed that talks about the trident, which is the, the pin, um, that, uh, you get as a SEAL. And it talks about it and, and uh, says that it is a privilege that I must earn every day. And that, that piece uh, has stuck with me. I, I think it's a, a really powerful way to think about um, the trident specifically for SEALs, but then applying it more broadly, um, thinking about really earning what you have every day, um, that it's not something that you have achieved and, um, you know, now can take for granted and move on, but it's something that has to constantly be re-earned. And if I can force myself to, to switch my mentality and think about that, you know, this house, this family, um, my job, my health, uh, are not all givens, uh, and that I do have to earn those every day through my actions. Um, I find that to be a really, powerful kind of switch of, of, of perspective yeah you mentioned that you know you have your, your family you have a kid um how how are you trying to um to teach him how to appreciate what what he has well we're still uh, as a two-year-old we're we're um we're still on the basics so pretty much it's just saying thank you <laughs> please uh -huh. and thank you which uh, I mean, it, they're small things, but having observed other friends, kids that, that um, they're not as, as disciplined about really enforcing that on a interaction by interaction basis, uh, I, I do think it makes a big difference. And he doesn't necessarily know what those words mean yet, um, but it, uh, it, it's, it's a routine that he's applying now. And uh, I, I think that's really important to set that foundation. And then at some point, you know, hopefully it does for him to think about why he's saying the word thank you, uh, the phrase thank you after, after things. And, um, uh, and then, I mean, the other, the other piece of it um, that we haven't done a, a ton of yet, but will be, I hope, a, a major theme of our, of our parenting is, uh, is, is exposing to lots of different things. I mean, we, uh, we recently relocated from the Bay Area to Seattle and um, I love California to death, and Seattle is quite progressive and uh, and it has its own um, unique culture. But but I do think that the Bay Area was just such an extreme bubble in a lot of ways, and I didn't really feel comfortable. Um, not it's not fair because plenty of people grow up very grounded in the Bay Area. And again, I love California to death, but I did have some concerns about uh, raising a child. We were, we were renting in the heart of Palo Alto, kind of surrounded by um, just some of the, the most extreme um, drives and um, ambitious people uh, trying, you know, where everybody had to be thinking about changing the world or you were you didn't set your sights high enough. 
Uh, and that has real effects. I mean, we, we, uh, uh, when we were living there, there had been a string of um, high school suicides, right, where um, kids had tragically felt like they had no other outlet, um, that they just had that much pressure on them at that young an age. Um, so I, I think that, that part of that for us emphasized the need to make sure that we were exposing our family to uh, a broad variety of, of um, living conditions and understanding how um, you know, other people live. And, and again, Seattle's um, still well above the national average and certainly the world average. Um, but, uh, you know, I would very much hope to make sure that we travel extensively and that we, um, that we interact with people that are outside of our, you know, socioeconomic bubble. So we talked about, you know, what, what you do to help to, to push against that truth. What, when do you feel yourself sliding more into that belief that, that you're, you're not appreciating what you have? Yeah, it's, I do think that it is, um, for me tends to be the result of kind of cumulative little things. Because again, in general, if I focus on the big things, I have no real reason to have a bad day ever. Right. But they happen all the time. You have your bad days. And usually that's the case of, you know, the couple uh, frustrating interactions at work. Um, you know, you, you pile that on with um, that some, some to-dos around the house that have just uh, kind of kept creeping up the list of, uh, of things to do and, and um, continue to frustrate you. And then maybe there's like, some straw that breaks the camel's back, whether it's your, your car breaks down or uh, the dog gets out or whatever it is. Um, and yeah, I find myself um, uh, really frustratingly, but I, I do find myself very uh, subject to just getting in a, a bad mood and then um, letting you kind of letting yourself kind of follow that spiral down um, where you, you feel like uh, it just nothing's going your way and it's um uh yeah it, it it happens to all of us and that's that's how i think it kind of manifests for me and and it's so terrible because i i i can even occasionally like be in that funk and realize how irrational it is and realize that um i'm not being fair to uh the people around me um, because i've like let myself get in this distorted um this distorted mindset if, if this is something that's sort of the gravity of life is pulling you towards not appreciating what you have um, and, and the kind of how you, when you're at your best, how you, how you get back to it is, um, you know, is, is, is often with these punctuated kind of special occasions. Um, what, what happens when that special occasion is weeks or months away and you're feeling this way? Like, is there, can you create something for yourself to, to, to kind of get back to that gratitude? Or is it really like, you know, is it in, in, until one of those things happen or, 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 or can it be like, Oh, it's Tuesday and I'm going to make this a special occasion. Cause I, it needs to be, does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I definitely think you can put in place, um, you can put in place 
uh, different tools or strategies to, to try to make it more frequent. In, in my case, um, yeah, there, there can definitely be, be pretty long droughts between, uh, events that they kind of, uh, that elevate to the status of, of really re- causing me to sit down and reflect hard. Um, and, and, and I think that's important having kind of, uh, checkpoints in between for me, I, I actually do have, um, calendar reminders that, uh, that, that cause me ha- hope are supposed to prod me to do, um, something small on a regular basis. Um, they don't always work. It does take kind of discipline to, uh, not just dismiss the calendar reminder, but it's, it's a good, it's a good, uh, uh, reminder. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm not, uh, not perfect at, at doing it on a regular basis with, um, uh, some of the, the other tools that are out there but yeah calendar reminders uh better than nothing yeah and as we we sit here right now today you know what is it in your life that you feel like you're really appreciating well i think i have done uh i'm i'm pretty pretty pleased with how i've been appreciating um my uh my wife and child recently um part of it is that uh i have been working from home for the last year and uh even though um, you know, there's, I'm, I'm secluded away for the most of the day that does allow these passing interactions, uh, with my son more, there's no commute time. And that has, uh, I think allowed me to, to really savor, um, some of the time with him a bit more and have, um, have more of it and have a higher quality time with him. And, um, and like I said, I think that, that kids just, have a great way of, uh, reframing a lot of things that, um, that you had, had stopped looking, even, even whether it's like just basic things like, uh, that you, you know, he's super into washing the dishes these days. So what had been just a monotonous chore for years, like now I have a ton of fun with because I'm washing the dishes with him every day and he thinks it's, it's awesome. So there's, there's a way of kind of looking at, um, just regular everyday things in a new light um, as well as uh, just just seeing him grow and uh, seeing him develop and say new things and do new things and um, and that's that's I think helped kind of center me a little bit more on, on, in other dimensions of my life music this week is once again from John Ross. Thanks, John. I want to welcome any first-time listeners and encourage you, if you've been listening for a while, maybe share this with a friend or rate it on your podcast app. It'll help other people find out about the show. And our website is truest.live. And on the website, you can subscribe to our newsletter. Subscribers already know that I'm not going to announce the next guest because I'm not quite sure it's going to be. Alex named someone that I'd be super excited to talk to, but as I move further away from people that I know, I found the conversations more difficult and less revealing. I think it's really hard to sit down with someone you've never met and discuss your truth. I also am cognizant that everyone on the show has been a white male, and that's not representative of the world. So I'm deciding whether or not I want to keep with the original premise, or if I'm just going to start choosing people to interview and talk to people who 
I want to hear from and who I think is important for you to hear from. If you have opinions on that, you can feel free to reach out on the website. This week's episode is sponsored by Ben Slager, who'd like to wish Lauren a happy 30th birthday.